your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm your host, Rick Solom. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. 608-785-7914. I found that, you know, if I take the the Wisdom cam off the speaker that's duct taped to the wall here, not the speaker, but the cam, that the duct tape we got, I think we got in the studio duct tape instead of duct Tape, so like quack, quack, we got that quacking duct tape. And uh, it doesn't work very well, so it doesn't even hold. So, But I took it down, and you know what? These webcams, they, they're made to sit on top of computer monitor. So that's what I did. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, but it's way too close, and now all I can see is the webcam. So I'm very self-conscious of the fact that there's a webcam staring at me. And uh, I'm just going to start sweating for that. Okay, on the show today, two things, two people. So it's going to be packed, and I'm just going to try to talk quick here and get out of here. But there was some, there was important news, and it's on wisdomnews.com as well. But uh, And I got 75 tabs open, so let me go back to the tab that I wanted open. Um, but Joe Conrad, he's uh, running for mayor in La Crosse. He's one of 10 candidates, right? We've got all these candidates. If you want to read about these candidates, uh, wisdomnews.com, and then go to the mayor tab. And we're going to have a debate Monday and Tuesday at, at 6 p.m. Five of the candidates Monday, five of the candidates Tuesday. Joe's a part of that Tuesday group. and uh, But we'll get to know him here pretty quick in a couple of minutes. After that, I'm going to have Adam St- Stevers, Stivers on. He's a UW lacrosse assistant professor of finance. And we're going to talk about uh, the GameStop stock that I uh, that I just bought. It's really high, though. I don't know if I should have bought it now. And uh, the Tootsie Roll stock, I bought some Tootsie Rolls, apparently, and uh, Nokia or BlackBerry, and and then uh, some AMC theater stock, right? All the companies that are definitely going to survive in the next 10 years. Uh, movie theaters, are we going to have movie theaters in 10 years? Um, so we'll, we'll talk to him about, if you haven't seen this GameStop thing, it's really interesting. No idea about, I have no idea about any of it. I've been learning on the fly. And so we'll have, so hence, hence me having a finance professor on to kind of explain it. And I'll try to have some fun with him, but he's a finance professor, right? So he's probably got like tape on his glasses and no, I'm just kidding. Um, But today the Wisconsin assembly was going to vote to repeal the mask mandate, right? That was going to be, Hey, we don't have to wear masks anymore. And there's two schools of thought here. I wanted to get in quick. First of all, Assembly Speaker Robin Voss didn't do his homework. He didn't know that if you repeal the mask mandate, the uh, federal aid that Wisconsin gets, $49 million a month to help low-income people. And uh, I think 243,000 Wisconsin households are are being helped out right now. 243,000 Wisconsin households are being helped with this $49.3 million in federal assistance because of a pandemic. Like we, 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 this, this was federally done a long t- uh, back in March. So, right. That didn't just happen because clearly our governments aren't doing anything for us lately. Uh, but this happened a while ago and Robert Voss didn't know that if you repeal the mass mandate, you lose $50 million a month. Oh, so they stopped it. The, the vote, they were just going to vote on it today, but overnight, uh, reports have been coming out, by the way, you're going to lose $50 million a month. Uh, good thing Robin Voss read the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, right? Good thing he, he good thing he pulled up 
And, and, and it was it was brought up by, uh, you know, some group. I can't, it's too many words. There's too many words in the story for me to um, fiscal something. There it is. Legislative Fiscal Bureau. There it is. The nonpartisan Legislative Fiscal Bureau kind of came out with this. Hey, memo, by the way, uh, Wisconsin, if you repeal this mass mandate you, you want to get rid of, uh, you're going to lose $50 million. So, of course, they stopped it. And, you, you know, Heaven forbid that the all the hospitals and all the schools and all the professionals are like, hey, we need a mass mandate. It's smart to have. Uh, whatever. Hey, by the way, we're going to lose $50 million in federal funding because you didn't realize that uh, the mass mandate, if you pull that, you lose $50 million. Oh, then we better stop it because that'll look really bad. That'll look really bad if people say we, we're losing $50 because you're still paying into your taxes, right? You're paying into your federal taxes, however that works. So the $50 is going everyone else, but it's not coming back to Wisconsin. So good job. At least they figured it out overnight so they didn't repeal it. Now they're going to figure a way to uh, repeal it while still getting the $50 million somehow, I'm sure. Um, because uh, so, so when we repeal the mass mandate, when Republicans do this, then that leaves it up to individual businesses to, to enforce the mass mandate. They, can't, they can no longer point to Governor Evers. Like, Governor Evers is making us ma- mask, mask up. You know, that's his fault. Now it's on the onus of individual businesses. So when you walk in the door and the person at the door tells you, please put on a mask, and you're like, I don't have to, no more mask mandate. Now this person that's making $10 an hour has to go, actually, our business policy is that you do have to wear a mask, so please stay, you know, please put one on or leave. So there's, you know, now we've put the onus on the person making $10 an hour that's working at the the front door of TJ Maxx or Dick's Sporting Goods or Walmart or, you know, so now... Those people can no longer go, no, it's a statewide mass mandate. Uh, nope, sorry, I don't have to wear one. It's not a mandate anymore. Actually, I make $10 an hour, and I have to yell at you people all day for eight hours a day um, uh, to wear a mask. Very, very comforting thing for people to do, telling adults to put masks on, or children. Uh, I've heard stories from every aspect of this, and it's very frustrating. And that's when we had a mandate. So you know, it's a, you know it'll get better when there's no mandate. There won't be these beholden freedom fighters that that don't want to wear a mask. If you want to go into the store without your shirt on, without your shoes on, do you do that? So put on, put, I mean, no, of course not. And th- that's more for our eyesight than our health, right? But this is for other people's health. So uh, if it, it does get repealed, um, you know, maybe just be just be cool to the people working the front doors at all these businesses. They're making ten bucks an hour. Maybe they're making eleven fifty. Maybe they're making twelve, but they're not making thirty-five dollars an hour. So, and they're just standing there for four, eight hours a day. I'm sure they do it in shifts. So you don't, because God, if you put someone in front, maybe some people at work, you're like, you know what? I want, I want to yell at people that are not wearing a mask for eight hours a day. I'll do it. There might be some bold people like that, but I doubt it. All right, six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talking text line. I don't have it up yet, so, and I don't have time to take your calls because I got to get Joe Conrad in here. He's running for mayor. In lacrosse, one of 10 candidates. We'll be back in just a minute. Brad's got to do the news. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line if you want to get on here. I should turn that on, Joe. Uh, give me one second. Joe Conrad's on with us. He's running for mayor. He's one of 10 candidates. Got a ton of ten- candidates out there. Joe, how do you throw? How do you stand out? Do you just you need to throw everybody else on the under the bus? You need names. You got to pick uh, 
names to to call everybody? Do you have names picked out so when you get in these debates, you can call you know Sleepy Mitch Reynolds or something like that? <laughs> that was the biggest issue is this name calling. I I thank goodness we don't have political parties involved in the local races. I, I'm so tired of that stuff, like everybody else is. Yeah, every once in a while when I when I discuss the candidates, everyone wants to know which side of the aisle those people are on, and I'm like, I think most reasonable people can can have uh, issues where they're they're on both sides of the aisle. So, um, but yeah, it, it, one of 10 candidates, do you, do you, have you figured out, you know, okay, I really need to, this is the way you stand out right now. I, I guess, you know, uh, you get, you, this is how you get the, the word out on what you're, you're, uh, you know, stand for when you want to be the mayor. So what, what would you say are the biggest issues that come to mind? Uh, if you're mayor, you want to do what? What, 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 the top three things, how about? I think top three things right now for lacrosse, number one is COVID. I mean, every, that trumps every other topic, and we need to talk about that a little bit. Uh, number two, I would say, is uh, safety and transparency. That's a huge potential issue for us. And then the third one is property taxes and what's going on with the lacrosse center and the airport. Uh, there's some things there that people need to know as well. Uh, going back to your initial comment, though, I think the biggest number one difference I have versus uh, the other folks running for office is I've uh, managed large organizations. I had 35 years in banking. I worked with uh, leading a part of the company that had uh, about three times the size of budget lacrosse and, and a lot more employees. Nobody else running today has that kind of experience. I think next candidate has managed 10 employees. Okay. So that's a huge difference. Yeah, that that is. Uh, you know, and, and do you have to, uh, have you had any $42 million projects under that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting one with the center, you know. We put money into that. I'm sure we need to be competitive. We got some really good, smart people working for the city. We need to be competitive. Would we have done this facing COVID? I don't know. We probably would have waited a little bit to do it. Mm-hmm. But the center is a big topic. I don't know if you want to come back to that and talk about COVID, or we can talk right now about the center. Yeah, and I go well when you say taxes, and I don't. I'm honestly, I'm not a like tax guru when it comes to this stuff. Like, oh, I just, I honestly, I'm kind of like, okay, I'll just pay my taxes. Here you go. Um, and I live out in, in Minnesota, so it's not like a lacrosse thing. And, and I live in Minnesota. This We had this conversation with a city council member the other day as he was trying to get me, hey, Rick, we need you to move to lacrosse. And I'm like, dude, the taxes are like five grand a month on a house here. I'm, I, I'm paying like half that, and I have two acres in Minnesota. So, no, I don't want to move to lacrosse. But um, that's when you talk about increasing your tax base. I think uh, part of that is, is, is housing, but more is, more is it more important to get businesses here? Let me tell you, first of all, 90% lacrosse charges more in property taxes than 90% of the cities and villages in the state of Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Our tax levy is huge. And we need to grow the tax base. Otherwise, we're just going to keep raising taxes. More and more people living in lacrosse. Really got two separate issues. We got the issue of quality of housing stock and and affordable housing. But if you want to make a difference in a short period of time, you've got to get more business development. A business property is going to be. Uh, highly valued for the amount of space it takes, they're going to generate the tax dollars. Everybody thinks we have a big tax base. If you look up at the shopping mall, the Valley View Mall is in the city of La Crosse, and the store north of it, Dix, is in the in the La Crosse. Everything else out there is in the city of Onalaska. La Crosse gets nothing. The county gets a piece of it. Uh, the schools get a piece of it, but the city of La Crosse doesn't. And yet we've got the Lacrosse Center. You mentioned forty-two million bucks to do that expansion and renovation. Oh, Lacrosse is on the hook for all of that. It's the airport. The airport belongs to the city of Lacrosse. We're all on the hook for that as well. 
the only way to get out of this problem, you can't keep cutting costs. There's only so many costs you can cut. You've got to work on the revenue side. And the way to affect revenue for the city is property tax, and that means development. We don't have a lot of space. That means it has to be commercial development that's going to pay a lot of taxes. We have a once in a lifetime, I don't know how many lifetimes, certainly once in our lifetimes, opportunity with this mobile oil site. There's 56 acres. That is prime real estate. We need to put the best buildings on there as possible to generate the most taxes. Issue came out just recently. The Ho-Chunk Nation wants to build an office building and apartments or condos on the top nine stories. One of my opponents, I'm not going to say who it is, one of my opponents came out and said, isn't this a wonderful thing? We're going to have them put up this building, and it's going to spark all kinds of interest. Once the, the Ho-Chunk Nation gets that property, it comes off the tax roll forever. They will never pay property taxes. The city taxpayers have spent a lot of money to acquire that site. We're going to spend money to put roads and, and sewer and water in there, and then we're going to give away a prime piece to an organization that will never pay taxes. Does uh, it a better place for, for their uh, young people to go to? Absolutely. But we can't be giving away the best piece of real estate we're going to have. Uh, we're speaking with Joe Conrad. He's running for mayor. If you haven't if you haven't been able to tell, his website is joe4mayor.us, joe4mayor.us, if you want to go check him out. You can also read the, we sent out a questionnaire. It's at wisdomnews.com slash mayor. Uh, check that out, too, if you want to read about all the candidates, including Joe. Um, okay, so when you talk about businesses, too, and attracting businesses and businesses, you're going to bring in the tax dollars. Uh, on the flip side, you know, you brought up COVID right away. People people get COVID exhaustion. That's why I didn't want to go to that right away, but um, I, I don't know. Have you seen? Do you know how many businesses are shut down in La Crosse because of COVID? I I I, I want to say it's it's around ten, but I I could be wrong. I, I was talking to, to uh, downtown Main Street about this last week. Um, so you think like is ten a lot or little? I have no idea. But um, yeah, what do you see? You know, as we I think we're creeping out of this COVID mess, but who knows? Well, unfortunately, I think we're not there yet. I mean, we're talking about another round of federal sim- stimulus. That's great. But they're also hearing about new strains. Your question about the businesses, uh, walk through downtown and tell me how businesses are doing. It's, it's a real problem. How many are going to come back and reopen when things open up? It's going to be darn tough, and we're going to have to be helping those businesses get restarted and, and looking at you know new ideas. How do we help these folks? I'm elected mayor. The first thing I will do the first month I am in office, I will sit down with every department in the city, and I'll meet with any local leaders of organizations that will meet with me, and we're going to sit down and talk about what concrete action can we take to make a difference for these people. We can cut through the red tape. We can find ways to support them. We've got to figure out how to jumpstart these businesses again and how we get our, our people in the city back to work. We need to be talking about growing jobs and getting those, those folks back to earning an income. The feds are only going to give us this extra dollars for so long. That, that's going to end at some point. What are we going to do then? The issue with COVID is that we're not getting the income numbers. If you look at the budget for lacrosse, we are budgeted to bring in the same money we did before COVID. And there's no way. We all know better than that. The two big drivers of income to this city are visitors and their students. And they're not here. Visitors are not coming because of all the quarantine going on. The students had to go home to help stop the spike in new cases. Mm-hmm. That revenue is not something you get back. Uh, if they haven't spent those dollars, you can't earn that again later. That's reality. Our budget for our city 
is not realistic. We are planned to spend the same amount of money we spent in 2019. We don't know the numbers for last year yet. The government has not, city has not told us how we actually performed in 2020. Now, it's, it's too quick to do that. But, for example, the, city, the uh, La Crosse Center was budgeted to bring in $2.5 million from the conventions and, and concerts and all the stuff they got going on there, right? Mm-hmm. That was the same amount of money that they were supposed to bring in in 2019 and 2018. Actually, they did. Yeah. Does anybody think they really brought that in in 2020? Didn't happen. There's a hole there. There is lost revenue that's being was intended to be spent. We don't know how big that hole is, but there there's a serious amount of dollars. This year in 2021, they are budgeted to bring in one million eight hundred forty-eight dollars and three hundred eighty-seven forty-eight thousand three hundred eighty-seven dollars. The reason I say that. One of my other competing candidates said that they thought that the budget correctly reflected all the effects of COVID because the income for the center was the same as its outgo. Now, you tell me how you can budget down to the dollar to match exactly revenue and expenses when we don't know what's going to happen with COVID. Well, I, I thought I it was... Got some- I thought it was funny you said $387. I'm like, well, how many cents, Joe? you got to tell us how many cents, too. <laughs> Well, they round those up. It's probably <laughs> in the budget, but it doesn't show here. <laughs> you know, I think we've got some really good people down there. I actually know the, the manager of the center. I, I don't question that we needed to improve it. I don't question that they're working their hearts out to get us business. But it's it's tough right now. And I don't think we're going to do $1.8 million and $387. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think uh, we cut expenses quick enough to manage that. How are we going to cover that money? It's all going to come out of the pocket of our taxpayers in the city. Yet that center benefits the entire metro area, not just across. Yeah, when you talk about businesses are are struggling, then and 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 you want to figure out ways to help them. Uh, I th- I feel like they're just going to continue to struggle until the the vaccine comes out. Until I feel safe, Joe. I don't want to go. I'm not going to go to a restaurant. I've got. You know, people at home that that are in a situation where they it would be really dangerous for them to get the virus. I feel like a lot of people are in that situation, whether it's their parents or, or just somebody with a you know a different situation. So I I I'm I'm going to get takeout. I'm going to do stuff like that. I'm going to try to avoid going to those businesses until you want to talk about safety. Until if I feel safe from the virus, uh, and and that might be that might be a year from now or or longer. Well, sadly, I think that we're looking at a longer-term recovery. I don't think we've hit bottom yet. Yeah, we're starting the vaccine. I'm in an age group where I won't see it till maybe the end of summer either. Uh, and how long does it take for that to you got to go through the process? How will that start to finally affect the amount of cases coming online? I don't want to be doomsday. I mean, obviously, we're all looking for the recovery in this thing. But if you're responsible for the city of La Crosse and you're responsible for the budget, you got to be realistic and plan for the worst. I thought it was fascinating. I get in the numbers. I'm an old banker. But our, our mayor was quoted as saying, uh, we should have included a COVID fund in our budget discussions, but with everything going on, it slips through the cracks. How can you say that COVID slipped through the cracks? In the entire city budget, there's $100,000 of contingency funds. That's all. We're talking about a $38 million budget. There's $100,000 of contingency money. We already spent more than half of it on the 7th of January because we didn't plan for COVID expenses. we got a city budget right now that we're not going to hit it. There's no way we're going to hit it. 
how do we make this work come out as, as well as we can? It's not by just budgeting the same we did two years ago. We need to get in there and get our city department heads together and talk about where are we going to save some money? What are we going to do to help businesses recover? Because, you know, these people have been doing it their entire career. we got some smart people. We need to go back to them and say, okay, what do you think we're going to do, we can do to make this work, and then well, let's do it. What I see the most in our city is we don't take action. We don't take initiative. Well, I know, uh, I know at some point uh, we're speaking with Joe Conrad. He's one of 10 candidates running for mayor. I know at one point uh, the mayor proposed uh, kind of cinching up the maybe the department heads, right? Leia, he expected some to retire. And, uh, you know, he, I think he was going to have the parks director take over a whole bunch of different. And the city council didn't like that very much. But the mayor was trying to, uh, you know, save some money, essentially. Right. Because save some money in this budget. And uh, I don't know that the city council didn't like that very much. And they were fighting about that. And I don't know what came of it, but it sounds like, uh, you know, there were, you know, you, you want to bring in the department heads. Why don't we lay off some of the department heads? That'll save some money. <laughs> you know, Rick, it's interesting you bring that up because he did that without talking to these people. He told the director, he said to the media that the director of lacrosse center is going to be retiring. So we're going to save his salary. I actually know him, and I talked to him. He, he said that was the first he ever heard he was going to retire. Mm-hmm. He he helped us lead this decision to, to spend on the center. He is devoted to making that work. Why would you take the person who is the most likely and the most capable to help us salvage this situation with the center? Because he's committed to this city. We're going we're gonna to make him leave? Yeah. Who's going to make that work? And I think what it makes no sense. And I think what Cabot did is I think he sent a memo to I don't know if it was the city council members or or city leaders or not city leaders but department heads. I, and I think that memo got leaked to the media is what happened there. So it wasn't supposed to be a a, a public conversation, but it ended up that way. Well, it's very unfortunate. You, you need to. That's one of the problems. You're going to go back to the center one more time. Uh, the mayor, when everything was done, the money was decided to be spent. Now, all of a sudden, we say, you know what? We should get the other uh, people in the county to help us. Let's go ask them for some money. All the decisions were made already. Well, then, on Alaska, I wanted to have a seat on the, on the board. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to want us to pay for it, oh, no, no. No, this is a lacrosse center. No, nobody else can have representation on our board. Why would you give money to something and not have representation? We've had opportunities to build bridges with the other members of this metro area, and we've done the opposite. We told them, no, you can't play in our sandbox, but we want you to help pay for it. Right. There's got to be a more reasonable approach to this. We have an opportunity right now that is is rare. We've got a new mayor coming in. We're going to have six new members of the city council. There's a chance to take a whole new approach to this. We need to be collaborating on issues and not have city taxpayers be responsible. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're responsible for that center. If there's an operating loss, we don't have that kind of discretionary money. I told you we already spent more than half of the 100000 If the center comes in a half million dollars under budget, despite great effort, how do we cover that? Well, we're going to need art down the road just to have dart tournaments every other night is what's going to happen. Because I, I believe like the dart tournament or something is the biggest revenue, aside from the Moses Convention. I think it's like those those weekend dart tournaments. And we're not going to be able to have those for a while, Joe. So we're going to need dart tournaments in two years every every other weekend. <laughs> 
well, we'll get good at them, I guess. I know. Right. And I, I'll say, Joe, I got a couple of text libertarian guys says, uh, I like the, I like Joe and his approach to city finances. Bruce, the money man says, I like the way this guy thinks. And, uh, Dallas says, uh, go Joe, love what you're saying. Um, I ran out of time though, Joe, uh, thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, Joe for mayor.us is his website. And uh, you can read about all the mayors at wisdomnews.com and, and just click on the mayor tab. Joe filled out a questionnaire for us. And uh, you're going to be part of a debate on Tuesday, 6 p.m. We have two debates, a uh, five-person debate. Um, how many debates have you, do, you, do you think, Joe, have you been asked to be a part of and taken part of already? I wish there was more. We've had three. Mm-hmm. Um, I know another organization that wanted to do it, but organizing 10 people. I think we might see a couple more after the primary, which I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to. Uh, Rick, this has been great. I really appreciate you having me. I'd love to talk about some more topics. Uh, the time did go by pretty fast. Yeah, it always does. Uh, this, I... is a, this is a real opportunity for lacrosse to, to take a new approach to things and get somebody in there with new ideas. I've got the energy to, to work for the city, and, and we got some problems to work on. So thank you very much for having me. All right. Thanks a lot, Joe. All right. That was Joe Conrad. He's running for mayor, one of 10 candidates. All right, we're over time. I do this every time I have a mayor candidate on because I want you guys to hear what they have to say. Uh, again, wisdomnews.com. Look for the mayor tab. You can read about Joe and all the candidates. All right, we'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-78. What's the phone number? 608-785-7914. I don't know what that was. Uh, Adam Stiver is on with me. He's a UW Lacrosse Assistant Professor of Finance. He's been there for five years. Adam, hey, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, so I got uh, I got a bunch of Tootsie Roll stock today, but it's it's now dropped uh, 9.5%. It's at $38.78 a share. Uh, Tootsie Roll stock, a good investment right now or not? Uh, it could be. We'll <laughs> see what happens, I guess. And I bring that up because there's a weird story, and it, it ends up being about mostly about this video game store called GameStop. Uh, but Tootsie Roll is kind of in this. If you want to think GameStop as a stock, there's also Tootsie Roll, uh, AMC, the movie theater company, BlackBerry, all these things that seem to be like, eh, I don't know if these things are, are very good investments if you'd really think about it. But what's happened here, and Adam, I'll try to explain it, and then you call me an idiot, and you tell me how to explain it. Um, but I, I tried okay. to explain it, and when I had mayoral candidate Joe Conrad on, and he's a banker, so I before the show I tried to explain it to him too, and he kind of laughed because he wasn't he didn't know about the story. But um, you have these things in the stock market called short sales, and if, if essentially the fat cats think that these short sales on, on businesses that they think the stocks will go down. GameStop is definitely one. GameStop's a video game company that sells literally like CDs to people used and new. And uh, we're not doing CDs anymore. If anyone's bought in a new car lately, the video games are going the same way. Your video game system probably isn't going to have a CD player, maybe when PlayStation 6 comes out. Uh, but so so fat cats are investing in these companies, thinking that the sales will go, the stocks will go down. Well, a group of Reddit investors, Reddit's a website, and I think they, they the, the masses gathered on Reddit and said, we're going to stick it to the fat cats and we're going to buy all the GameStop stock. And that's going to shoot the stock up somehow. I don't know how that works. And then, therefore, the the people that that borrowed money to buy GameStop short sales uh, now have to pay back the stock at inexorbitant prices. So, did I get that right, or is that totally off? Uh, you were close. I wouldn't <laughs> call you an idiot like you were saying. <laughs> okay, you okay? You probably could do it better. Your turn. 
Sure. Yeah, that you know that's something I have to do as a uh, professor. You know, with my students when they say something that's wrong, you know, I got to be careful. Not don't want to make them feel like an idiot. Constructive right? so, criticism. Um, I got it. I get it every day. Right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, with the with the shorting, I guess the one correction I would make: you said they uh, invest in these companies, but basically what they do is they borrow shares from someone and they sell those shares. So they're selling shares they don't actually own, right? Okay. So then, and they do that with the intention of, as you said, hopefully this is a, a stock that will go down, a company that's failing, or you know the stock is overvalued. Whatever the reason, they think it'll go down. So they want to sell first, sell these borrowed shares first, then later on buy them back at what they hope is the lower price. Yep. Right? And that's how they would make a profit. So, you know, investing is all about buy low and sell high, right? Shorting is the same thing. It just, the order is reversed. And it's they not sell at what they hope is a high point, And then later on buy what they hope is a low point. And it's not buying so there. It's borrowing it for some reason. Yeah. You're borrowing shares from another investor or brokerage. Um, you know, whoever actually owns the shares, you borrow them from that uh, other investor and you sell them off to someone else. Yep. And then you eventually buy them somewhere um, at what you hope is a lower price later on and return those shares that you borrowed. And nobody likes this, right? Like this is the this is people with money to burn that are they're manipulating the stock market in their own way a little bit. Well, um, I mean, they definitely can do that, but uh, you know, shorting in general, some people argue that it serves a good purpose. That you know, if the price should be lower than what it is, then if you can short, it should move that price to where it should be quicker. Mm -hmm. right? It sort of makes the market more efficient in a way. Um, and some people say, you know, if you spot this opportunity, this overvalued investment, why shouldn't you be allowed to profit from it? And it's not just, you know, as you call them, the fat cats. You know, uh, I call them the institutional investors, you know, hedge funds mostly. It's not just them. Anyone can open up a – you do have to have a special kind of investment account, a margin account. But um, So, you know, you have to put up some of your own money to do this. But um, anyone can go and short a stock. Right. Um, so the opportunity is there for potentially anyone to do. But obviously these hedge funds are the ones, you know, shorting billions worth and making billions worth. And for and, and for some reason, a, a group of you know we'll, we'll call them redditors, but I just like regular folks. I say they organized. We organized in masses, and we decided uh, we're gonna we're gonna make a stand today on GameStop. And I don't know if it was today. I think this started a, a couple of months ago, and it's slowly built. Uh, it's kind of uh, maybe it's maybe it's gotten to the top of the mountain today. Yeah, well, um, really, yesterday I think was where it it peaked. But um, and th they've done this with other stocks as well. So their sort of idea, and you know, I guess I don't know the the motivation behind it enough to know, you know, is their intention to profit off of this or is their intention just to try to, you know, stick it to these hedge funds, these big uh, investors. But um, yeah, so this, what they do basically is let's find a company that has a lot of these uh, retail or institutional investors shorting the stock. And let's all go and buy it. When we all go and buy it, we push the price up. Right? They're hoping it. The short people shorting it are hoping it goes down, but mm -hmm. we push it up um, by buying it. And then what happens is, 
these uh, hedge funds or uh, institutional investors. Fat cats, I got they it. Go, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> they go, oh, no, the stock is up. It's higher. We're losing money. We need to go buy the stock now to what we call cover our short. Right, we need to go buy the shares to return them. Okay. Um, before we lose more money, or sometimes they're whoever they borrow them from, may basically ask for the shares back, right, um, and say, "Hey, you need to give us back our shares." Um, but for whatever the reason may be, they go and buy these shares to cover their short position before they lose any more money, mm-hmm. and that we call that a short squeeze. So that's kind of the the main strategy that these redditors are trying is let's force them into a short squeeze where they have to go and buy at a higher price than they wanted. And then when they, you know, when these big hedge funds and stuff are buying all these shares to cover their short sale positions, they push the prices up even more. And that's uh, what's been happening over the the past week or so. You know, if you look at a, a graph of, GameStop's price and, you know, other stocks as well, like you mentioned, uh, Tootsie Roll, and you know, they, they all have sort of a common theme, right, of not very strong businesses these days. Um, BlackBerry, Blockbuster Video, um, you know, and uh, AMC Theaters. If I, if I look at, and I just Google GameStop stock, if I look at it just today, right before noon, it was, it, it, it was at the bottom of the day, $126, and then... At uh, two fifteen, it was uh, two hundred. No, wait, it was four hundred and ninety-two dollars. So it went from one twenty-six to four hundred ninety-two in two hours. Yeah, and that is the sort of the the reasoning that the brokerage firms give. And when I say brokerage firms, sometimes people think of like, oh, an actual human broker that I go to to make my trades. But brokerage firms can be any type of online investment platform. Uh, like Robinhood is the popular one that these redditors are using. Um, so that you know volatility that you were talking about going from 126 to 492 in the span of a couple hours or so, mm-hmm. they these brokerage firms said, "Hey, there's too much volatility out there. This is you know sort of too risky. We're going to stop trading on these stocks. You can't trade." And then what that basically does is the redditors can't go and buy the stock and try to drive it up um, like they're, they were intending to do. Right. And it sort of keeps the price lower for these uh, hedge funds to cover their short positions, get out of this while they can. Yeah. So we got to, um, we got to essentially, we got to bail out the fat cats because God forbid they lose a uh, $400 a stock share uh, throughout the day. So we're, we're pausing. So we're, we're, cha- are we changing the rules for just because uh, the, the masses, uh, got behind uh, you know a couple of certain socks uh, stocks to stick it to the the fat cats. Is that what we're doing? Sort of. Um, and you know, it's funny. I saw. I think it was the the founder of this uh, subreddit thread. I guess uh, it's called uh, like Wall Street Bets. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was the founder, but uh, someone involved with that was saying, you know, we're kind of the you know millennial generation where the gamers and coders, we found a glitch in the game, right? Or we found a cheat code in the game where we can use this. Um, so that was kind of their their thinking behind it. And then basically I think what happened with the brokerage firms today is they paused the game, right? Or they said, 
we created this game sort of this you're playing our game we can do whatever we want yeah they essentially own the xbox and when you're beating them at the game they hit the reset button or the pause button we're not going to play anymore because you guys are making us lose money even though they have money to burn and these people are you know the the people that are trying to to stick it to them probably make like 50 grand a year all these you know but there's more of them right i'm sure some people got really upset and and broke their controller. Um, can so. this can this backfire on on the masses? Essentially, the non fat cats because because obviously they're they're using probably you know they're going to be accountable more so for their money in their wallets than the hedge funds, right? Yeah, exactly. So I think there's two ways of looking at this. One is sort of the you know sticking it to the the system sort of, and hey, these hedge funds are you know putting billions sort of betting against the business, you know, hoping that it goes down in value, the business fails, and and so on, and they're sort of exploiting this uh, system, you know, sticking it to them. But then the other angle of it is, well, you now own shares of this company, right? So, like, GameStop uh, a year ago was at $4 a share. <laughs> it's right now at, I guess it closed today at, it says 197. Yeah. Yeah. Although in after hours trading, it's up to 334 a share. So that again shows you how much it's moving like crazy. But anyway, you know, so maybe this stock is worth, in reality, should be worth somewhere around four to ten dollars or something like that. You know, for a long time it was around there, expecting GameStop is going to go bankrupt. Yeah. Um, so now you know. Let's say the redditors succeed, and they, you know, the hedge fund people have to cover their short positions. They take losses, drives up the price. Well, then what? Yeah, I got to now. Sell. These redditors have, let's say, they they succeeded. Now GameStop is at four hundred a share. Well, okay, now you own, you know, all those the masses own all these shares at four hundred a share. That is something probably only worth, you know. Four dollars a share. Yeah, how am I so, gonna how am I gonna sell that? Is anyone buying that at that point? No. Right, and so what would happen when whenever all this is sort of over, there's going to be a big sell off. Yeah. And so if I'm one of those redditors, I have to hope I can sell off early enough, or I get out at some point. And I think that's been sort of their their theme today is like hold the line, no one sell yet, right? Because if you sell, you're basically allowing that hedge fund to buy and, and get out of their short position. Yeah. So they're saying, we got to wait, hold the line. It's going to keep going up. We're going to keep hurting the hedge funds, the institutional investors. Um, but then the other side of that, you know, from the, the individual's perspective is like, okay, how much do I care about trying to stick it to the, right. the big fat cats, as you call them, <laughs> versus looking out for myself that, Hey, I should also try to make some money off of this, and you know, I don't want to be stuck holding this stock. You know, once all the institutional investors are sort of out of it, they say, "All right, we give up. We're we're not going to short it. We're we're out of it." Well, then what happens? You know, you've got to try to get out at some point, and I would guess that would be what happens is a big sell-off, and you have to hope that you're one of the first ones to get out of it. Yeah, you can only hold the line so long, and then eventually, you know, you got to go buy a game at GameStop physically where you really, and then you need money to spend. So you're going to have to sell some of your stocks. So you can go buy 
uh, some of the company that you know. And Adam Stivers, he's a UW Lacrosse Assistant Professor of Finance. Hey, thanks a lot for for trying to explain this to me and to all of us. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. All right, we'll see you. All right, uh, one more break, and then we'll wrap up. All right, thanks a lot, everybody, for listening. Thanks again to Joe Conrad. He's running for mayor of lacrosse. If you want to check it out, go to wisdomnews.com and, and just click click the mayor tab, wisdomnews.com, mayor tab. Every, every candidate filled out a questionnaire. All the questions are the same, so you can see that. And all their websites are on there. Except Joe's. i got to put Joe's website on there, and I'll do that right after the show. I uh, appreciate him coming on, and I appreciate Adam Stiver coming on, Stivers coming on and, and trying to explain what's, you know what, I don't know a ton about the stocks. I'll, let's be honest, I don't know a ton about it. To, 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 that we, we all could tell. Uh, but it, but it, it's a really funny story, and it's really, I mean, just the, the idea of propping up these stocks uh, of things that just really aren't good things to prop up. 